You're listening to the Illustration Hour podcast, an interview podcast where I talk to illustrators, art directors, and agents about the craft and business of illustration. My name is Julia Dufosse, and I'm an editorial and commercial illustrator based in Chicago. And I'm chatting with creatives within the world of illustration to learn about their process, the challenges they faced along the way, and how to succeed as an illustrator today. Hello, everyone, uh, friends, listeners. I'm really happy to welcome you to another week of the Illustration Hour. I hope it has been a fruitful and busy week for you all. And this week, I have a very exciting guest, Kati Sislagi. Um, Kati is a an illustrator and an artist based in Berlin, Germany. She has done a bunch of editorial work for The New Yorker, The New York Times, Wired, California Sunday, Bloomberg Business Week, Nautilus, BuzzFeed, and many more. She's also done some commercial work for Google, Hermes, and um, Dropbox. She is an amazing artist. Her style is wonderfully tangible and expressive, and it consists of these amazing pencil marks she makes. Um, and she tells me how she does that. And she then colors those in with just a wonderful uh, array of colors. So I really like her work, and I really highly encourage you to check it out if you don't know her yet. Uh, you can find Kati on Instagram at Kati Z. So that's uh, K-A-T-I-S-Z-I. And you can also find her on her website, which is it's uh, KatiZ.com. That's K-A-T-I-S-Z-I.com. And I'll also have all the information about Kati and uh, about the uh, artist collective she's part of, which is called Parallel Universe Collective. You can find out more about that on her website. I will list all those things in today's show notes, which will be at uh, the usual place, but this time uh, illustrationhour.com forward slash Kati Z, like her website, because I thought that would make it easier to find. So that's Kati Z, so K-A-T-I-S-Z-I, illustrationhour.com forward slash Kati Z. So in today's conversation, we talk about how Kati uh, began an illustration, how she started getting editorial work. She talks about visiting New York with the, her university class uh, and meeting art directors at the New Yorker. She also tells me about how she works, her process for picking colors, for uh, making marks, what kinds of uh, pencils she uses, and much more. Kati was wonderfully kind, and she was just a great guest. And she's someone whose work I really, really admire. So I was really happy to kind of uh, have a sneak peek behind the scenes of what it's like to create work like hers. And um, if you like today's episode, and even if you don't like it, please uh, leave 
the podcast a review on iTunes uh, or rating. It helps us uh, get visibility on iTunes and it, it's really helpful. So if you feel like supporting the podcast, I encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kati Sislaki. Kati, uh, welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here. Um, thank you. How do you usually describe uh, what you do to people who ask you? Yeah, I'm uh, mainly working in uh, editorial illustration. So um, I would I would say that I um, I always get texts or topics um, that uh, I should base my illustrations on, and I try to find um, uh, an image that um, maybe introduces the text or gives it um, maybe a meta, even a meta. Uh, what do you say? Um, or, or uh, another view on it, or highlights a part, or maybe even a little opinion. Um, yeah, and that, that of course, in a, in a visual, visual way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, exactly. I know from looking at your work and following your work that you have such a, you have a very distinct style. Um, uh, I think your colors are very distinct, um, but even the, the way that you illustrate is 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 very unique. It has um, it has a lot of these like pale colors, and there's a little bit of like almost like you're putting in pencil lines, and it has a very um, mm -hmm. tactile, like kind of like tangible feeling. But I want to know how do you usually describe your style to people? Like, um, who? <laughs> uh, I just yesterday we had students in our studio. And a student actually said he, um, the illustration reminds him of the 50s, which I never heard. <laughs> um, That's interesting. I yeah. mean, I, I have, I have uh, illustrators I admire. I don't know if they're from the 50s. I don't think so. But uh, like um, Sampé or... Um, Sampé, yes. Yeah, yeah. or, um, or um, Tommy Ungera or... Um, uh, What's Tommy Ungaro, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he's a uh, um, a French, but uh, yeah, um, but he was born on the German. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I just know the uh, yeah. German word Elsass. Um, yeah, the the border. Uh, part. I love I love his work. It's uh, it's amazing it's, it's from the from the um, his ideas to his um, yes visuals uh, itself. Um, yeah, and that I, of course I am. Uh, inspired by them, and I would maybe say that Sompe is kind of not fifties, but maybe I don't know sixties or something. Yeah, but, he's still. Um, I mean, he's still drawing, actually. Exactly, exactly. But when he was uh, starting, or when he became big, um, but I never thought that both those people have a very. Um, let's just say it. It almost feels like they're going on intuition, and they draw like. True. They true. draw very. Um, Almost like they're, um, I'm sure it's not true, but almost like they're improvising a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's when you draw a lot, then even if you just start drawing, um, it, it uh, something will come out that is strong, maybe. And um, of course, maybe they don't just show the work that <laughs> has some, some meaning to it or that looks good. Um, but about my... Um, I think I went a bit off there about my my style. Um, I'm not sure if I agree to the fifties, but um, I think it it is inspired by by uh, comics or comical 
phases sometimes. Um, and I actually I have two styles, but they interfere a lot. Um, I have this uh, style that is based on cutouts or paper cuts, and then the styles that is based on drawings that I combine with um, with shapes uh, or color color shapes in. And um, I think the the cutouts are a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more graphic. Um, yeah, by nature, I mean, I exactly, think exactly, uh, because they're flat shapes they're a little bit more graphic exactly yeah. um do you find it hard to combine them sometimes um or? yeah at the beginning i wasn't sure uh, and i think i'm skipping mm. questions here but um i wasn't sure if i uh, stay um, with one style or if i should just follow both um and i did follow both but um at some point they just sometimes became one I think you, I, sometimes uh, I really go into the drawing style and sometimes I really go into the cutout style and sometimes I just combine them now naturally. So it, was, it wasn't it was um, planned, but it happened. Yeah, yeah. So I, do you remember when you were first uh, beginning illustration, I guess, um, do you remember how you came up with the style or...? Was it always in you, or did it feel natural? Um, I think, uh, well, I always drew. I drew in, in school. A lot of people. In pencil? Uh, yeah, exactly. Or in, I don't know, um, felt pen, whatever you had in your, <laughs> in your uh, school bag, probably. But um, I, I wasn't really concerned with the style topic until later in, in college, because I think at the beginning, of course, you talked about it or discussed it, but you tried out so many things and experimented uh, with techniques and everything that it was more uh, of finding strong images than using your own style, I would say. And um, it didn't happen until later, I think even in my diploma, that I really tried to um, find my own language. And then it just, um, it, it more, it happened with the techniques or the um, materials I felt most comfortable with. And yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about your diploma. Um, I, so after high school, did you apply to uh, an art school of some sort? Or Yeah. And I first, I uh, studied in Mainz. I also only applied there. Uh, that's a city in mid-Germany, mm -hmm. close to Frankfurt. And um, it's a um, University of Applied Science or Sciences. Um, so in German, it's a Fachhochschule, which is a bit more practical. So what kind of program was it there? Yeah, it was uh, graphic design. It wasn't uh, strictly illustration, but they had an illustration course with um, a very great uh, professor, Monika Eichler. She's um, she's also very uh, big in the uh, New York editorial scene, um, and I think she inspired me. And I would say others I studied with um, because she introduced us to the whole editorial scene, or that it's out there. And um, I didn't know what to do with my um, desire to draw, 
And yeah. I, yeah, I more or less started studying graphic design because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and uh, I always liked drawing. But it wasn't until later that I really knew um, what I would do with it. And yeah, so she she kind of showed you what what was possible with it. Exactly. She, um, I think, even in the third semester, as early as I could um, apply to illustration courses, because in the beginning you have to do these basic courses, and from third semester on you um, you could choose. And I chose illustration, and uh, she took us um, a few of our course uh, to New York City, and uh, we went to the illustration week, which is in November. Oh wow! Yeah, and we went to the American illustration party and we visited some illustrators and we visited Nikos Brechman, who was then still the art director of uh, New York Times Book Review. And that gave us a, an idea what <laughs> what it means to um, to be in the editorial illustration scene. So that was really interesting. That's really cool. I bet a lot of people wish that they had that experience. Yeah, totally. And so early on, so it was still time to um, let it sink in and <laughs> uh, then start studying towards it or something like that. Yeah, and then I, I uh, did my diplo uh, my bachelor's degree there. Yeah. And um, I then wanted to study further, or how you say it, um, continue studying, and I... Uh, applied in you did a, a sort of masters or exactly but um in germany we still have diploma at some places and that was one of them i studied in stuttgart which is in the south of germany um at the academy of fine arts it was also graphic design then um and i didn't have to do the whole diploma um but uh, after uh, I had, um, sorry, I was able to skip a few years uh, where they did the basics and join the, the main uh, diploma courses. Yeah. And um, actually, there wasn't that much influence in illustration for me, um, but I found just like I did in Mainz, people I connected with that were also um, fascinated by illustration or wanted to uh, pursue it. Um, and I think the, the main influence for me was, or were my, my colleagues, my uh, fellow students. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you you were done with that in a couple of years, I imagine? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I started studying in 2008 in, in Mainz, and <laughs> I studied long. Uh, I finished in Stuttgart um, in 2016. That's quite a long, yeah, quite a long uh, period of yes. time. <laughs> I, I did a... I, I one year I did a gap, or I didn't do much. I I did, just did free work uh, for myself and yeah, um, some mm, yeah some other work, but yeah mainly I think seven years of studying, <laughs> quite a lot of time. Yeah, so you had quite a long period of time where you had the the freedom and also yeah. the support and um, mm -hmm. the inspiration from others to. To really develop your voice as uh, an illustrator. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if it was necessary to study that long in general, but... Um, but it was certainly positive. Totally, you, yeah. totally. It, yeah. it felt like a, quite a privilege, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember the moment that you realized that this was the style that you were going to 
the style of illustration that you were gonna do? Mm -hmm. um, well, for my diploma, um, like the, the uh, final project that I presented and that I got my, my diploma certificate for, um, I was able to work half a year on anything I wanted to. So I um, focused on my two styles, cutout and drawing, but they weren't as developed as it, uh, as it is now. Um, and then I um, found out that some style works better with this uh, subject or the other or something like that. And um, I, I really like my diploma. Um, I had a, a, a overall topic that I was able to uh, work on quite freely, but it still felt a bit, how you say it, um, a bit forced maybe. Not quite natural, like it almost, yeah. Yes, exactly. Or really, yeah, I really had to try hard sometimes to, um, and the um, what I had in mind and what I was able to produce then was still a bit different. <laughs> and That's an important stage, yeah, exactly. where you, your taste and your talents really are not aligned exactly. Yeah, and I think the only thing that helps is work, work, work then. And try out, and um, but I was more fo focused um, than before, for sure. Before I did this project and that project and some small things, and um, actually, just when I finished um, studying and when I put my portfolio together, I, I had a look over all my stuff I did so far, and that helped a bit um, to see, okay, what works better, what is more me and what is more maybe trying to be someone <laughs> that's not really me. And I think the, the, the moment that you were asking for happened when I did my first jobs, because then I had limited time, but it was also that I had a certain topic given to me and somehow I, I find it much, much more freeing to work. When you have these constraints. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it helped me develop so fast when I started working. And then somehow, and in the beginning, it, I think the first illustrations I did are still me, but compared to where I'm now, it, um, it was such a development. It's evolved. Mm -hmm, exactly. So um, I think your work also stands out because, I mean, there are other illustrators who use... Uh, whose illustrations look more analog, like they were made by hand. But I think that a lot of illustration now, I mean, there's definitely a lot of vector illustration, a lot more digital um, illustration. Yeah. I mean, it has the uh, the um, plus point, or how you say it, that you can animate it maybe more easily. <laughs> Although you could animate an analog uh, illustration as well. True, true. Maybe it takes longer. I don't know. I think it takes a little longer, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it might not be as easy, but... Um, um, I, I think also it's, it's a question of, you know, some people feel more comfortable with that style. True. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, for you, it was never an option to, to have a more digital look to your work, right? Um, no, because I really like to have an analog look in my uh, style. <laughs> and um, I actually, uh, sometimes when I travel and I can't bring all my materials with me, I have a light table and computer and scanner and blah, blah, blah. And um, then I just bring maybe my, my Cintiq with me, Wacom Cintiq, um, that is yeah, a bit more flexible. And I have... Like a, ta yeah, a tablet, a drawing tablet, yeah. 
Exactly, a drawing tablet. Um, and when I only, when I have to do a job only digitally, which I can do, because the, the brushes are very um, real, realistic by now, um, I still... And you're, you're using Photoshop, yeah. I use Photoshop, exactly. Yeah. Um, I still, I, I, it's not as much fun for me. And I, I know it takes maybe longer to, to do the analog part, scanning it in, um, and then coloring it in. But for me, a big part about illustration is to enjoy it. And um, if I work only in, in, on the computer, I am, it's, not as, it's not as good. And I think my, my uh, lines, my outlines, my um, drawings are not as good as when I do them also by hand. I don't know. And also when I um, sometimes use Adobe Illustrator, uh, it feels so different from Photoshop. In Photoshop, you can draw, and in Illustrator, you you uh, you place anchor points. You yeah, exactly. And um, maybe if I would try it more, I could also use it as good as Photoshop. But uh, it's not as fun for me, so I never gave it more time, and I don't miss it. Immediately, I think that also part of that is because you're so used to drawing by hand. Exactly. And because of your background and your education. Exactly. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but for example, for me, I, I kind of like, um, I moved from a totally different occupation. And mm -hmm. although I was drawing uh, throughout my life, I think I was not feeling very confident by my drawing initially. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I enjoyed illustrators precisely because it was ah, nice. a different way yeah. of drawing. So I think it got me back into it. And now Perfect. I veer more towards Photoshop and more like um, analog. Mm -hmm. But I, I liked in the beginning, especially because, you know, the anchor points and the, the, the shapes and the way you manipulate them in illustrator is it feels yeah. so different from drawing by hand. And yeah, so you get a different outcome immediately, right? Uh-huh. And, and it feels reassuring in a way because everything can be manipulated endlessly. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when you draw, I mean, you, you can erase, but it's just, it's a lot more about your, um, your ability to, mm -hmm. to like really draw a line and yeah. draw it well. And so I think that was intimidating in the beginning, especially yeah. when you're not like formally trained as an artist. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually have to say, when I see others who, um, who I can see that they are working with uh, vector uh, graphics or vector illustrations, and I admire them deeply, um, one of my best friends is um, only using Illustrator, and I think she's so good in finding the, the right shapes and everything. And what's her name? Uh, Kata also Katarina, uh, Katarina Bourgeau. Yeah, and, um, and she's brilliant with colors, I think. So... Um, that makes totally sense for her to use that style. And for me, it's, it's not working or not so far. So I think it's really clever to know what, what your technique is and where you feel good at. And well, sometimes if you use a lot of geometric shapes and mm -hmm. flat colors, it can make a lot exactly. of sense to work in fact. And, uh, I, I also know people who prefer Photoshop yeah. over Illustrator because Even though, it's a little bit more intuitive yeah, yeah. sometimes. Uh, so I think just whatever feels best would work for people and of course why not try the other program out every now and then and maybe something new happens i, I always like mistakes or um surprises 
Um, and for me, that mainly happens when I work analog. So that's why I like that. But yeah. So can you tell me about your process? Like, uh, take me through what you do uh, when you get an assignment. Like, how do you sketch? How do you move from the sketch to, like, tell me about that? Mm -hmm. um, well, of course, first, um, most of the time I get sex or sometimes an overall topic or some... Um, an article exactly, uh, a draft or a summary of, of the text. And um, I I first skip through it or read through it and try to um, already make some notes because the first images, even if I, when I go deeper into the text, see, okay, that's not really what it's about. Sometimes it gives you um, a nice uh, new way of thinking about it. Like the first uh, associations. Is that the word? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first word associations yeah, that you can think of. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm better at making notes, making written notes. Um, I had a professor who told us to to make notes that are already images, and I sometimes try to do that, but I'm not as good as it at it. So you would draw. Um, you would start drawing directly. Um, associations. That's that would paralyze me. I think. <laughs> So you do these kinds of uh, like word clouds or whatever they're called. Like, a, so you go from one word like tree to like branch or to like leaf. That you just associate things, or no? Mm, not not like that, but more if if it's if the uh, text is about politics, for example, I try to find images that um, explain certain whatever. Uh, certain um, procedures or something and um, yeah, like a visual metaphor exactly exactly yeah. or at least um, highlight a word that could lead to a metaphor or something like that uh, are the main parts of the text of course and do you like this process of finding of a really the beginning I love it I love and hate it <laughs> it's both um, what I really missed in college was um, theoretical work or theoretical studies and I do it now more and more and I even could have done it at the end of my studies, but I was too lazy. Like philosophy or something, they have that now. Um, but actually for, for years, I didn't do much besides drawing practical, practically, practically. And um, that was important. But um, what I now love about having such different assignments in... And doing editorial work specifically, yeah. Exactly, in editorial um, work. I do uh, politics, I do economics, I do something light um, and and funny or um, something feministic. Fe feminist? Feministic? Yeah, feminist. Um, yeah. Or something about society. And um, I learned so much. Of course, I can't dive deep or study the whole topic, but I learned so much... But in a way, your job is to distill that information in something kind of concise. Yes. Yeah. Understand the topic um, and find a way to uh, introduce the topic to the reader. And um, I, I have my, um, I would say, I, I'd like to... It's like a synthesis, really. It's. Uh... Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would like to really know what is being talked about. Um, to to honor the subject a bit because sometimes it affects people and if I would be very superficial with the topic I think it wouldn't do the topic justice or the people that affect it um, and I love that part yeah so how long does that part usually take you um, it depends of course on the if it's economics about I don't know 
America's uh, bank systems. I have to dig a bit deeper. You have to do research a little bit. Yes. Um, or once I had something about the Thailand, Thai, Thailandic, Thailand, Thai. Oh, Thai. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thai monarchy and politics, and I didn't know much about that before. But um, yeah, you have you get these islands of knowledge <laughs> on the most uh, random topics suddenly. Um, yeah, and sometimes it doesn't need long because you know, like I, I'm interested in feminist topics, so I know a lot about it. But yeah, or sometimes your intuition tells you that that this particular idea is good and you should keep going. Exactly. It, it would work exactly. Um, but sometimes um, I need a whole day to research or even more if I have the time, of course. Does it ever happen that you you don't have a, an idea that you think is good at that point? Mm, I think at that stage I would talk or mail the, the art director and ask him or her um, if I'm on the right way and um, that I don't find a strong image if they have... Um, and approach themselves or uh, um, like a uh, little um, help to to approach this. It does didn't happen fully. Of course, sometimes it happened that I had an approach and the art director said, ah, that's not the main part here. I think you have to more look into this, this and that direction. But that didn't happen often. And how long have you been doing editorial work now? Um, I, I finished in 2016 in summer. Um, my studies and uh, I, I then took the whole summer kind of to <laughs> relax a bit and to uh, build up a website and I think from uh, autumn, early autumn on that year I started to uh, send out portfolios and um, I, I did some small jobs before but not in a way that I would be able to live off of it or to have regular work there. So and when did you start getting work after that? I was quite lucky, um, or maybe it's not only luck, but I don't definitely think so, part of that. I, yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit of everything, I think, always, um, because sometimes you just have to catch the art director at the right time when you send your portfolio out that they just happen to have a new um, or, or part that can be a bit more experimental when you have someone who's just fresh from uni. Um, and it took maybe a month or a bit less to have the first job, probably two, three weeks. And um, as soon as you have this job or you did this job, your portfolio gets stronger, of course. So the next time somebody already sees, ah, she worked in, in a magazine, she, she is able to do that. So they uh, grow more confident with, your, uh, with working together. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets easier to find jobs, actually. Totally, exactly. Or as soon as you're published, um, maybe an art director sees, sees it in the magazine and likes it. So you don't even have to apply somewhere. Happens as well. So now, basically, to answer the question, you've been doing this for... Uh, so I'm trying to... You started officially working in uh, maybe autumn of 2016, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I had, as I mentioned, I had tiny jobs before, but... Um, I would call myself professional illustrator from autumn to 2016 on. Yeah. And do you find that since you've been doing it for, you know, a couple of years or even a little bit more, do you find that you, um, it's become easier, this whole process of, of, of getting an editorial assignment, finding an idea that works, all that stuff, has it become easier to do for you? 
Yes. Um, well, one part that is easier that I, at some stage I didn't have to um, send out portfolios anymore because the jobs keep kept coming. Yeah. Um, and the sending out portfolio stuff uh, part that is not the most fun part, no. and it's uh, it takes time. So it's much easier that that is um, gone for now. Yeah. At the moment. But just what you what you were asking, I think um, the more jobs you do at the beginning, I thought, oh my God, will I run out of ideas? Yeah, yeah. Because I worked on I don't know this economic topic twice before, and when I get it a third time, will I still have ideas and find images? But it gets actually it gets easier because you already started thinking in that direction, and um, maybe you get an inspiration from outside or um, a way to express yourself in a new way along the way. Um, and then you can find even a wider variety to, um, to visualize a, a certain aspect or something. So I think you, and you have a stronger visual language um, uh, in your head already. So I think it gets much easier. Maybe um, the only problem is that you also start to uh, how you say um, are more critical of yourself. So at the beginning, I was happy to find a solution. Now I think it must be the perfect solution, kind of like that. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. So uh, back to your process. So you do. You, you were. You, so you're. You're getting the idea, and then uh, how many sketches do you usually do? Does it depend on? Yeah. Well, I um, usually want to show the art director two or three. Um, sketches, um, preferable three, because I think um, three allows uh, different, maybe um, two approaches, but uh, um, one approach that you find very strong in different compositions or something like that, or even three um, ideas. And what kind of sketches do you send usually? Are they just pencil they're, sketches? Exactly, they're pencil outline yeah. drawings. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I very roughly draw um, draw ideas, scribble ideas at the beginning, and then for the art director, I try to <laughs> illustrate them or sketch them a bit more clear because I think the first sketches you couldn't use or you couldn't understand just like <laughs> Yeah, and then I um, draw them by hand, scan them in. Um, sometimes I uh, put in some color to highlight stuff, um, but exactly, but I always tell the art director, please don't see it as a color scheme for the final, it's just to highlight stuff or to distinguish stuff or something like that. And um, yeah, it's very basic. And um, I'm sometimes I'm afraid that the art director won't recognize it, but <laughs> so far it all went well. Yeah. And and so then when you actually start the piece, how do you usually work? Um, yeah, the, the art director then chooses his or her favorite idea and maybe they have tiny remarks, which um, I, I would always suggest that you uh, agree in the beginning how many remarks or how many um, changes um, are okay. Okay. So you give them a, uh, from the beginning, you tell them that there will be a set number of revisions or... Exactly, yeah. exactly. How I, many I do you to, usually do? Um, well, I try to um, limit it to um, one or two remarks Yeah. In the, in the sketch phase, which, I mean, then you can still recompose that is not the problem but of course it would take time yeah um and i think about my compositions so it's not i would say I, I i have a strong reason why i put it like i did um 
and uh, usually that works very well. Sometimes uh, the art director says, no, we need another sketch or something. And depending on different <laughs> aspects or on the publication itself, on the, um, I don't know, on the money and stuff, I, I would do it. And sometimes I would ask for more money. And um, and then I would, um, yeah, then I actually um, uh, draw the sketch. Um, like I use a light uh, table. Is that the correct word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you trace, you I trace, trace over your exactly, sketch. Exactly, exactly. With, with a lighting table, yeah? Yeah. And and what materials do you typically use? So I know you use a lot of color. Um, is that color added in digitally at the end or is it? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I um, For my bachelor, um, uh, final bachelor uh, thesis, I um, illustrated um, a book, uh, Camus, uh, with color pencils. And I drew them with color pencils, with yellow, red, whatever, yeah. um, on paper and scanned it in. And I didn't get the color right. And from then on, I always said, no, I rather do the coloring part later on because um, it's much easier to do digitally. It's much easier, yeah. especially as I don't have um, that much. I don't know what it's called. Hues. I um, my outlines, um, which are the main part that I draw analog, are very clear and strong. Yeah. And uh, it's not that I um, fade into uh, lighter colors there. So it's easy to scan it in and um how you say um i isolate the outlines yeah and then um have the outlines without background and i'm able to um, put in the background colors and color in some of the outlines so i have sometimes shapes shapes touching it uh, each other and sometimes outlines um yeah going around the objects or i also have loose lines uh, flying around yeah, so that would be the next part: sketch, uh, tracing it, scanning it in, and then coloring digital. So, so when you're tracing, you're tracing over the outlines with ink. Or? No, I have. Um, I use uh, one certain type of uh, color pencil, um, which is a very dark blue. It's oh, it's even. Oh, I see. It's, it's actually dark indigo. It's also in English on it. Um, it's uh, I don't know if you know Faber Castell. It's a, yeah, yeah, um, and they have these uh, color pencil lines. It's called Polychromos, and they are very rich in in color. So you go, you can go light. Oh, so when I'm looking at your illustration, for example, I'm looking right now, um, the kind of blackish outlines that I see around, uh, for example, the legs, mm -hmm. or the, like those are from that those are all from that so i i i um prefer the dark blue because the black looks when i draw it very harsh and the yeah and and then i also the dark blue that you use is is, is it's, a, it's a blue black yeah, yeah yeah it's blue black it's very dark so um there's the photoshop can easily um distinguish it from the white background but when i when i um isolate it later but um it it looks nicer to my eyes when i draw than a than a pitch black um and and you don't and you seem to prefer using uh, more pencil than ink exactly um i like to have a certain kind of uh roughness to it yeah. um i hope yeah. in most of the illustrations uh that this gets um preserved because actually i think my my technique is kind of going two steps forward and one step back with a Digitalizing it. I think it is. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I think there's a very clear quality to your lines that would be very hard to 
reproduce even if you try to do ink yeah if you try to do it digitally it, it would also be a little yeah bit and it works yeah. for me quite well i think at the moment i'm the fastest 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 when i work in just that technique and um I color in the outlines later on anyway. Sometimes I have black uh, outlines or sometimes I have blue, yeah. sometimes I have red. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. So you just use the outlines you already made and you recolor. Exactly. Them. So it's not, um, it's actually not important with what color I would draw. I just prefer a dark color for uh, isolating the outlines. Yeah. And uh, so then you, you scan it into Photoshop and do you typically... Are there particular brushes you use to color? Or? Um, yeah, uh, I use these uh, Calty brushes. I think a lot of people use. Oh, uh, Cal Webster, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, they Cal come. Webster yeah, brushes. and now they come free with Adobe. Uh, exactly. Subscription, yeah. With the cloud. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Which ones and, do you use um, in particular? Do, do you know? Oh God! <laughs> no, you don't. I think. Um, do you no, have a favorite, or is it? Um, well, I use. I think I use the palette of. Uh, brushes. Yeah. And it's some kind of gouache. Okay, yeah, gouache, yeah, yeah. I've used the yeah. gouache ones. Is it gouache a go-go or? By now, I mm, I sometimes alter them and I yeah, rename them. Yeah, I see. So, so you don't, so have I don't know where they're based yeah, on. Yeah, no. but I, I've used, he has a lot of paint uh, mm -hmm. brushes and, and actually, yeah, I can see the gouache. I use some of the gouache as well, which I really like them. Yeah, because sometimes uh, the pencil brushes don't work that well somehow. I don't know. For me, for myself. Because pencil is just very hard to emulate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. Digitally, I find that it always kind of lacks that quality. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why I... Sometimes I alter some um, outlines digitally as well when I don't want to print it out, scan, uh, trace it again if, if I'm at a very late stage. Um and it works okay, but I prefer to have the overall drawing done by hand. So I can sim simulate if I need to, but I always prefer not to. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you know, how do you pick your colors usually? Is it, do you have, have you built a kind of library of hues and colors that you use now? Yes. Um, I think almost for each illustration, I choose a new palette, but they might be very similar to one I used before. And every now and then I use the same ones. I actually, for each project, I um, I uh, make a new uh, library. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Color library. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think, ah, I think the project I did back then would also fit for this one. And I might use similar colors, but um, change something because I need a blue here because I have an ocean or something. Do you um, Do you find yourself kind of like, looking at different artworks and like kind of picking colors from them or is that not how you typically do it um at the beginning i i did it because i, I think i was really bad at colors i focused on the whole um on the whole rest actually but not on the colors and then um, i didn't have much time and i was i i experienced that i need so much time for having a nice um color scheme and um, the the friend I mentioned earlier, it's hard, yeah, it is. And the friend I mentioned, friend I mentioned earlier, Katarina, she she's so good at it. So I asked her for help, and she, of course, sometimes she could say, okay, this needs a red, and the red needs to be more bluish or whatever. Um, but of course, I can't all ask her all the time. So she recommended that I look at some images um, and uh, get inspired by their color palette. Palette. 
It was there particular things she recommended? Uh, no, I, I think I went to Pinterest and Instagram and stuff like that. And whatever I liked. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So she just recommended to kind of look at different images that you like. Yeah. And uh, start collecting them. And um, I did that. And I know maybe not everybody would agree to, to pursue that because, of course, each artist uh, takes their own time to um, build this color scheme they have and stealing it kind of wouldn't be totally okay. So I tried to, of course, get inspired, but not um, uh, just steal it bluntly. And uh, I also, I always like color palettes or color schemes that are, that were very graphic and I experienced it wouldn't work for my illustration type then. So I had to kind of steal <laughs> or get inspired, but also find my own way. And it took some time, but now I feel much more confident. Because you have a, you have a lot of pillar uh, hues yeah well. yeah exactly i um like a pastel almost hues. yes yes i think that could also explain the 50s maybe <laughs> inspiration yeah, yeah because it, that could be it um yeah i think i i prefer some stronger colors um, and then compared to some yeah pastel colors and sometimes it looks a bit retro more sometimes less and um i think also katarina mentioned or um advised me to start with just three or four colors in the beginning and in the beginning I didn't want to use more and um, rather use them again and that worked really well but I think uh, I became more confident yeah because actually using a lot of colors and doing it well is is quite hard I think so yes exactly um and to some it comes naturally <laughs> and for me it was a lot of work but I think it um it is worth uh, trying it out and giving it time because, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, now I'm much more confident and um, I still struggle sometimes, but um, now can enjoy, enjoy it because I know at the beginning I thought, no, I never have this feeling for colors and now I know I can have. And sometimes it takes longer, but, you know, when you, it doesn't matter if it's when you are looking for a good idea for an illustration or when you're looking for a right shape or when you're looking for the right color, you know, when you get there, when you, when you have found it. And that's a great feeling, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to get back to, um, how you started getting editorial work. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you, you went to New York with your class when you were in, um, uh, in school and you, you met quite a few people from the editorial yes. world. Were those connections that helped you later on or? Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, because that was when I was very young. Uh, so I, we didn't have much to show them. But of course it helped because we knew how to approach them in general. We knew, okay, they're art directors. Um, I mean, that's a basic for us now, but at the beginning, well, or when I, when I tell people about my job that are not familiar with it, I have to explain who we are working with. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not so um, evident to a lot of people, yeah. Exactly, who, who are not in the business or who are new. And I think your teacher had a lot of experience working with art directors, so she must have advised you. Exactly, she just, um, she didn't give a certain or um, definite, what you say, she didn't give us advices that we could just um, follow through um, or yeah. the, the answers to everything, but she... Um, exactly, or, or so different approaches, but she gave us um, her view of the whole editorial world and what she experienced and who, who she thinks would inspire us or how the whole business works in general, or at least used to work. I mean, that's always changing as well. 
And do you remember in particular anything that you learned at that time that served you well later on? Principles or, or you know? Um, yeah, with, with her. Yeah. I think one of the best advices uh, she gave us was that she said um, it takes time to, or it can take time to live off illustrations. So she would advise us to try it for two years or three years. I don't know how, how long she yeah. said. And if it, after that time, and in that time, you really try it and send out portfolios and um, build your yeah your your um your language your yeah. visual language yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. if after these two or three years no one is interested then rather reconsider but in that time don't uh, worry too much i mean of course you have to worry about money but don't um think that because not instantly you get all the great jobs you can't do it so i think for me it gave me a bit of uh, i didn't worry in the beginning because I said, okay, I have these two years and in these two years I will give everything. And of course, somehow I have to earn money, but I can also cater or whatever um, or work as a waitress or something. And um, yeah, it gave me um, some confidence in the beginning to just try and not worry too much. And of course, you only you only took a month. Exactly. I was really lucky. And of course, I always thought, okay, maybe I'm lucky in the beginning. And after two months, nobody's interested or I don't know. But it just, uh, it motivated me uh, totally. And do you remember how you approached uh, in the beginning, how do you approach the, how you approach starting out basically? Like you just sent out your portfolio? Yeah. I mean, you first have to get all the addresses, which isn't that easy as well. Um, so I had to look for the mail addresses of all the art directors and, um, or sometimes I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't figure them out. So I knew, okay, the, the, uh, email would something would be something like at newyorktimes.com. So I just typed in the name and tried or whatever. And there, um, now there are like tools that you can use that yes. will do that for you and kind of yes. give you the best guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is also very helpful. Uh, I think um, about half a year later, I used such a website as well, where you can type in a name and then type in the mail domain and they will say, okay, maybe that's the address or no, it's not at all. Or yes, it is. And then that is quite helpful. I don't remember the name, but. Yeah, I can put those in the show notes. Ah, perfect. There's about, there's two of them that are quite famous that I've ah, very in good. the past that work well. Uh, but now it should be said also that with Instagram and all these other networks, it, it's easier to find exactly. people. And it or they find you, yeah. I mean, um, on, on Instagram, and that's what I also wanted to say, um, when I started, studied in Stuttgart um, for my diploma, um, illustration wasn't the main focus there, but our professor um, called, um, is called Patrick Thomas. He's um, British. Um, he's more of a graphic designer or even artist. Uh, silk screen artist um, so it wasn't really illustration for me but um, he's a really great person in general and um, he uh, motivated us to use Instagram and that was back in 2013 so quite early yeah exactly I mean a lot of people were using it already but it wasn't as big as it is it it is it is now yeah especially for uh, professional use like uh, illustrators exactly. really use it professionally now Exactly. And um, for me, it's one of my biggest um, tools to promote me, I would say. So um, I would recommend that to anyone starting out. And you find that a lot of art directors find you through there? Um, yeah, I always forget to ask, but I think so. 
And um, what, what we were talking about earlier, um, of course, if I have, um, I, I did a job and I promote it on Instagram, I always write down the art director to um, thank him or her. Uh, and other people can use that information and know, ah, okay, um, for that newspaper person, X is working. That's really helpful. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's actually good practice, even in terms of uh, helping out other Exactly, exactly. It's, it's a great, because you can find so many names of artists exactly. that way. It confirms that this person still works yeah. here. Because they also, um, art directors tend to move around and they don't work <laughs> for different publications. Exactly. And um, yeah, uh, Instagram is, um, I think, really important tool. It's maybe a bit problematic because they have a lot of power or I think if you have a business profile, they... Well, they want money. They uh, then you don't have as much views anymore, or something like that. So it kind of sucks as well. Well, it's quite mysterious what how the how the algorithm works. And mm -hmm. It is. It's a big problem. Exactly, and I wouldn't worry too much about likes because one of the greatest, some of the greatest illustrators, they don't get much likes, but they're still great, and others get a lot of likes, and it's not that inspirational or something. So I'd rather. Just continue work. It can feel like you get no visibility, maybe, if you don't have likes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's annoying. That's true. Um, but I would also recommend Behance or Behance. Um, You're the actually the second one or the third person to uh, highly recommend that. And Ah, nice. I have questions for you because, you know, Behance, for me, I know, uh, I was talking to Cabeza Patata, who they do, I don't know if you know their 3D illustrations. Mm -hmm. I, I have to uh, look. I, I'm very bad with names. <laughs> they they are a creative uh, duo. They work mm -hmm. together, and they're actually a couple, um, Abed and Katie. And they um, they talked about using Behance, especially in the beginning. And they got featured, you know, in the um, ah yeah Behance uh, illustration or yeah in the galleries. And they and they found that that was really such a a great way in the beginning to get jobs nice. and to and they do more commercial work, but it. Yeah. So I've had I've had not so much success with Behance and I think maybe I'm not using it correctly, but it's very hard to get vis uh, views on Behance, especially when you have very little followers in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know if it doesn't work as well as Instagram, for example. I get much more likes on Instagram than I do on Behance. Uh, Behance. Um, but I don't mind because I know of a lot of... Um, art directors or, or companies who mentioned that they found me via Behance or even wrote me on Behance. Have you so ever been working. featured in the galleries? In the uh, I have. Um, and f funnily, I wouldn't say with my strongest work, but whatever. <laughs> I get visibility. I don't. But I think it does drive a lot of people to your profile. Exactly, exactly. And um, I would just continu continue to use it. I just started it in the beginning because I thought it would be clever to be on those have multiple yeah exactly exactly um i would just continue to do so i would say and um also uh i know a lot of people are uh, looking for um illustrators locally i don't know why because we can work from everywhere but um i think once or twice people typed in illustrator in berlin and they found me through that so if you have um if you have your location there it could also help yeah. And and I actually put that in my bio and one of the people who on, on my own website and 
somebody mentioned that yeah they found me like that oh nice looking for it so so sometimes it is advantageous to put the city you're in yeah exactly i mean i don't know how it is in in the u.s but in germany you have to put in your address anyway in the imprint for legal reasons so why not <laughs> yeah but i think for seo like if you have in your about me page if you have where you're working from mm -hmm. it's it's uh that way it shows up in search results much easier ah, true yeah that's yeah. true mm -hmm. so yeah it's it can be it's interesting that people but sometimes they want you to do you know um like a mural or something that requires you to be exactly in, um in person I, i was a bit confused because i wasn't asked I think once I was asked for something that is located in Berlin, but the other times I wasn't. Mm. But maybe they just, maybe it was jobs that uh, were about Berlin or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But still, I would just do it. I mean, it's a bit more time, but when you um, publish your work on Instagram anyway, you have it probably ready for that um, platform. You can also make it ready for Behance. Yeah. And it's always more visibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Do you remember when you were emailing, I guess you were emailing art directors in the beginning, right? Um, do you remember, did you get a lot of responses? Um, in the beginning, no. Um, compared to how many I wrote, because I sent out a lot of portfolios. Um, and uh, I would say, I'd, yeah, some wrote back, thank you, not interested. Some wrote back, ah, lovely work. Um, at the moment, we don't have use for that but we keep you in mind and you never hear from them sometimes you hear from them after half a year um and then the first ones that's funny i've never had anybody say not interested uh, i did <laughs> yeah but i mean it's better than hearing nothing i think yeah yeah i mean i just i, I personally would shake my confidence a lot um i think it wasn't that mean it was more your style doesn't fit to our publication which i Yeah, and I think that's totally fair because um, you have a certain style, so you, of course, you fit into some, and some have a different taste and are much more realistic, for example, in their in their illustration use or something like that. And of course, when it's something you find really cool, a publication you really admire, and they say, "Ah, it doesn't fit," then that hurts a little, but. <laughs> that's that's also part i think that's something you also have to get used to to um rejection and everything because it, that's part of it yeah so do you remember the very first assignment that you got um i when i um, noted it um in the questions you sent i um I actually could look up my first one as a real professional illustrator but the first one i still did in university i even I think I find more interesting because it was, I think the first one I got paid for, but um, yeah, it wasn't, it was still when I was studying and it was for a um, magazine called Missy magazine. It's um, a German magazine um, that um, re revolves around uh, feminist topics um, or anti-racist um, topics and stuff like that. And it was about prostitution and how, um, different the views on prostitution and prostitution laws are and about and it was a critic that mm, the people talk about it but not with prostitutes so uh, it it or that the debate about it hurts the prostitutes when it's not uh, when it's about them but not with them or something like that uh, was quite an you know, interesting text how did they find you um i think i even applied there 
I didn't send out much portfolios while studying, but three, four I did. <laughs> and I think they found me. Or they could have found me because um, uh, I was uh, in a, or am, I am in a collective with people I, I studied with in Mainz already. And some of them were already uh, working as illustrators while I was still studying, or some of us were still studying. But um, being in this collective and publishing uh, or um, advertising our collective a bit via Instagram or some uh, other platforms um, helped everyone. Is this Parallel Universe Collective? Yes, exactly, yeah. And uh, it could be that they knew my colleague and they then they saw, ah, okay, they, she's in a col uh, collective. Ah, they, the others are also interesting, the other uh, members. That's interesting, yeah. That, that yeah. probably could have actually helped, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As at least some visibility. Yeah, and yeah. In the beginning, you're thankful for every bit of visibility. Yeah, if you have the opportunity to to uh, collaborate with other people, with other illustrators and creatives, it's kind of it can increase your likelihood that people will see you. Exactly, yeah. and of course, it has other pros to it. You get inspired too. too yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The exchange and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, since then, I mean, I assume now you kind of don't have to email people your portfolio. Uh, at the moment, no. I mean, I always, um, sometimes you get kind of the same jobs in, in a row and would like to, again, work more in, I don't know, economic magazines, if you're into that. And then I would send out my newest portfolio, maybe, so to, to remind them, hey, we used to work together. Um, if you have a fitting project, feel free to mail me anytime or something like that. Is there um, is there a particular topic that the majority of your work seems to come from, or no? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. It's um, yeah, and it, it has phases where where I work really um, work a lot of uh, or have a lot of same topics. Um, I used to work a lot of the times for for an economic um, magazine or for several, but by now it's really diverse, diverse. Is there one of your projects in particular that you're really proud of? Mm, um, one that really stands out in that way that you... I think what I really enjoyed uh, was a project I did last year, which was um, a cover, my first only so far cover for... Um, it's called The Weekender, uh, or the magazine is called The Weekender. Um, and I think there's another Weekender also in the US, but that's a German magazine I did it for. Yeah, and it's f f uh, about travel and stuff like that. And um, I was asked to do um, a series of illustrations inside for um, an article on Kenya and the traffic in Kenya, which is quite chaotic, probably, um, as, as, they, yeah. <laughs> as the author uh, described. And um, it was the first time I, I think it was the first time I used more colors and um, I did kind of like, what is the English word, a very detailed image or in Germany it's Wimmelbild. It's kind of like a very wild or very, um, a lot of things happening. Um, the the uh, reader or the viewer can uh, look at different scenes inside one yeah 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 i see yeah so like a, almost like a just a like a very large pan panorama of like yeah, yeah yeah that could describe it yeah and um and more scenic and these are quite hard to do these yeah i mean you have, i don't yeah. do it for children's books i think they those are even more complicated so i can still have my chaotic freedom in it 
Um, but I really enjoy it. And um, then they asked me to do the cover as well, which was really nice. And um, the whole the whole job cover and inside, um, I had some time some time to do it. Um, so I, I uh, had the the creative freedom to it as well. And um, it really ha um, gave me another push. I think um, a lot of people responded to it positively. And um, I think the feeling to develop is always great as an illustrator. And then I had that feeling the last time. Mm, yeah. And do you think it's also because when you work with magazines, sometimes you have a little more time than when you work with, say, a newspaper where That's true, yeah. the deadline is yeah. much... Especially when it's uh, not a weekly magazine, but I think it, that's even uh, twice, no, once every two months or something like that, yeah. So I had some time. Because, because most of the time that you get, um, you have a very short deadline. Yeah, right? usually. I'm, I'm not doing that much newspaper illustrations, so um, I don't have the very tight ones that where you... You do have a few like New York Times. Yes, I but I think just once for op-ed, um, opinion, uh, that was short, but the others were book review and um, the new parenting. And those have a little longer turnaround. Exactly. So they, they don't need to um, appear the next day. So that's a bit more comfortable. Um, I like uh, having the, the rush, actually. I find it very inspiring, but um, then you also have the time and you hope you get the right idea in time and... It's also stressful. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine for the New Yorker also, it's like pretty tight deadline. Um, that was okay as well. And especially, no, it was quite tight, but it got published, I think, a month later. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, did they oh. skip it or yeah. what yeah. is happening? And then a month later, I get the news. Ah, it, it, now it's published. Okay. Good that I was uh, stressed. <laughs> How far along in your career did you get the New Yorker? Um, I had the first one in, I think, after a year I was working as an illustrator. But I wasn't really, I think I was too nervous to, I don't like the illustration that much. Mm, you know, sometimes you um, you put too much pressure on it. When you got the opportunity, where did you feel a lot of pressure? Yes, and um, I think sometimes that can, you have to have the right kind of pressure to be motivated. And somehow this, this time it, it didn't work as, as well as I hoped, but ah well. I mean, I think The New Yorker is like such a prestigious magazine to illustrate. It's it's so, mm -hmm. it's intimidating. Exactly. I think it must feel, hor it must feel, like exactly. it must feel really good, but also like, whoa. So I know you, you've done some commercial work a little bit. Yes, um, or I don't know if it's, well, I did some uh, labels or I, also did um i don't know if that's commercial work um uh, for companies some visuals for their websites something like that i think that is commercial probably work, yeah. yeah yeah true <laughs> i would i think i would describe it as i don't know if that's how most people describe it but if it's like illustration for companies in general true that's branding, commercial yeah it's commercial yeah yeah and it pays very differently than it does it does um I, it usually pays more. Exactly, exactly. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you get a lot more uh, restrictions or they want more, uh, how you say, more correction rounds. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I, I know uh, it gets paid. So they, are you talking about usage rights? and? 
things like that? Or? Um, no, no, that's of course that's uh, also better paid then. But they, um, I think, they're more strict uh, in in the way the illustration should look like. I think art directors for editorial work are more experimental or free, and of course they have a different um, they have a different time. Uh, that allows them to, uh, or doesn't allow them to be too strict, probably because they have the printing deadline. But with companies, I experience that they are very, they have a very certain image in their mind, and sometimes those people aren't that used to illustrators. So it can be a bit more difficult, I think. <laughs> it's a different challenge, yeah. Yes, yes, but also exciting to try something new. It can also be, I guess, there's more freedom in terms of. Uh... It's not as much about the concept sometimes. Yeah, it, it's more decorative every now and then. Yeah. Or even just narrative, I guess. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's a more literal kind of... Exactly, you don't have to have a very abstract concept to, for them. And do you, So do you prefer working in editorial? Um, I would say so. I think it's interesting to have both. Um, I like the, yeah, the challenge always, and I like um, to try out different stuff or work on different stuff. But if I had to choose one, I would definitely choose editorial because of the, because of the uh, topics or the, the insight you get into. The intellectual challenge as well. Exactly. Mm, I really like that. I mean, I, I imagine you've seen a lot of young illustrators start now. And is, is there a common mistake that you've seen young illustrators do when they're starting out? And a mistake... Um, not a mistake, but or like something that you think is maybe not the right approach. Um, I would always um, recommend them to be uh, very respectful uh, in general. What I what I would maybe of a you mean when they contact people exactly in general doesn't matter if it's um, colleagues or uh, art directors. Um, I mean, uh, what I really enjoy that the whole um, creative world isn't that uh, formal than uh, other. Uh, uh, and other industries and I mean in Germany we have this formal uh, approach uh, when talking to people and the um, the approach you um, you have to people you are friends with and, uh, and usually you always in, in other professions you have the, the formal approach but in the creative industry you don't um, but uh, I, I mean more general that you for example, sometimes young illustrators uh, ask you via Instagram or mail if you can help them um, recommend how to start. And if I have time, I really try to at least give some advice. Of course, I can't um, tell them names um, or uh, put them through the whole thing or um, look at each uh, portfolio. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and nor is it really your job to do that. Exactly, exactly. And um, I have to kind of keep a balance uh, with that. But um, I, I really try to at least give some advice. And sometimes you don't get a thank you. What is the most common advice that you give? Um, I, w I would say um, that you have to send out a lot of portfolios and that you shouldn't wait too long to do that. Because I thought at the beginning you have to have a perfect portfolio and the perfect yeah. uh, work. but rather just do it um i didn't start after i started after maybe a year exactly because you you think you're not ready or something yeah yeah and in a way i think there's respect in that because yeah you say, it is 
uh, I don't want to waste people's time yet. Like I'm not ready. Yes, but I think, um, and sometimes you think, okay, when I send it out now and it's not as good, um, I can't send it out again, but you can. And I would rather, and, and some art directors even take the time and say, uh, have some remarks about your work or really say, I like this part a lot. And then you know, okay. Which in your experience is not that, it doesn't happen that much. Actually. It doesn't happen that much, but sometimes they, um, yeah, they, they comment on some work or something. And um, of course, uh, Instagram helps knowing what your best work is as well. Um, but I would say just start sending out stuff and don't get um, uh, discouraged when you send out two portfolios and you don't hear back because it takes a little bit more and just uh, take your time and um, also that they should, um, uh, what is it, um, that they should alter the portfolio they sent out to each um, publisher. So not... Oh, to personalize. Personalize, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, for example, you have a website. Mm -hmm. but so do you, when you send out portfolios, you send out like mail attachments? Is that how you... Yeah, exactly. I send a PDF with uh, maybe 12... Uh, pages. I know a lot of people who don't send attachments. Okay. I know some people prefer to do that too, but I guess the advantage is that in that way you can personalize exactly. what you're saying. Exactly. Sending. You can't personalize your website for each client, but um, you can, I wouldn't do, um, put in too much work even, uh, 12 pages the most or something. Um, so how many pieces of work? Yeah, 12 or maybe 14. Do you have uh, a text in there? Uh, just well? maybe saying um, contextual what the topic was, or yeah, exactly contextual, um, and sometimes the date, or not the date, but the year, because it's interesting. Is it five years old or is it just recently? Um, and of course, if if it's a published uh, piece, then why not add that it's for the New York Times? And um, then I would uh, just send that out and put in also my name and, and uh, contacts and everything. And then in the mail, I would also um, refer to my website for further images or a wider range of images. And of course, uh, also the Instagram, because that's mostly where everybody puts the newest stuff. So I would I would do a, a, a like a mixture of everything. Um, and I, I'm not sure if some, uh, some art directors find uh, portfolios or PDFs annoying, but as long as you don't make them too big, I would keep it under five um, megabyte as well. Um, I think that's fine. Yeah, because it gives them another option, another way of, of viewing yeah. stuff. Yeah. And as I mentioned, um, it would be best if you created and um, picked out pieces that you could see for the certain publica publicator um, because you would choose publication because you would choose different images for a children's magazine than to You're a basically making a case for why you personally can be good for this particular yes job. yes yeah exactly yeah. yeah that's that's i think that's great advice um and it takes a bit more time but um i think they see it and they appreciate that you didn't just copy paste everything yeah yeah and you uh find that in your actual message you just keep it very simple and yes and concise i would I would um, always, of course, introduce myself and quite shortly just, um, yeah, of course, greet the person by name and then um, tell them I'm Kati Siladi. Uh, I'm an illustrator from Berlin and um, I would like to work with them. Um, I attached um, 
portfolio with assorted pieces. And um, if they are interested, they can see more on my website or my Instagram. And um, if they ever have a fitting project, they can always reach me under this mail or my telephone number and stuff like that. And that's it. I think it's short and simple because they get a lot of messages, but they know what's up and they feel um, uh, spoken to directly. And yeah, I think that's enough. And do you send them updates even when you don't hear back? Um, yeah, well, I did in the beginning. By now, actually, I um, I don't have a newsletter. I know some colleagues have. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I actually I kind of use Instagram for that because I know a lot of... Uh, directors uh, follow me I follow them and when I see they like my stuff I see they saw it and um, I, I don't update anymore I did when I when I started with the portfolios I am um, I sent out to the same people and um, maybe every three months a new portfolio with new work yeah, yeah. I, I have a couple of like quick fire questions that I want to get into because they're uh, they're actually kind of fun but yes. and some of them you don't have to feel pressure because some of them are about uh favorite but it could be your one of your tops <laughs> and it doesn't have to be your absolute favorite mm -hmm. yes yes uh but do you have a favorite um the one and only favorite yeah. illustrators or people you find inspiring you mentioned your friend um um yeah yeah definitely my friends um I always think I don't know when I when I'm friends with someone I also love their work I don't know why but uh, it it mixes um, and uh, I think the whole collective does really strong work the whole Peril Universe collective um, and uh, of course we mentioned Tommy Ungara he's he's amazing or he was sadly he, and he just passed he, he away. did uh, but I think he had a rich long life which yeah, is yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so nice that he he was around for so long and. Um, an artist I really like, I, I know maybe for half a year or so, and he's more of an artist than an illustrator, but sometimes also does illustrative work, um, is called Kirsten Sims. She's from Cape Town, and she does paintings, and they're so atmospheric, okay. but also funny sometimes. Oh, cool. Uh, I really like her. It's totally different from my stuff, I think, besides she also tells yeah, stories, yeah. which I also do, but um, I, when I look, when I see her um, images... They always give me a real rich uh, feeling and atmosphere and stuff. Really love that. But there are always inspirations coming and going, I think. Do you have a favorite art director that you've worked with that you continue to have a relationship with or no? Um, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of really great art directors, of course. Um, one I, I thought of when, when I got that question was... Um, uh, Lydia Stöckel, she's uh, Austrian and she's uh, working for a female magazine called uh, Wienerin, which would be translated to uh, woman from Vienna. <laughs> um, and usually those magazines, those female yeah. or women magazines uh, might be a bit superficial, yeah. but I worked with him now for, I think, about two years and I don't know if it changed, but I think it, it becomes or I would say it becomes much more progressive and they have a lot of feminist topics and social, um, and especially as in Austria, um, the, the politics get more and more yes, yeah, yeah, to yeah, the right yeah. and mis misogynistic, yeah, how you say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I really admire that they, uh, have this progressive view and, um, 
are still quite prominent, um, quite uh, prominent, and not that uh, not that much of a niche yeah. magazine. Yeah, and um, that that is um, like from the content, I really like their work, but also um, the the art director really gives me a lot of freedom. Oh. And I um, I like when art directors um, have a strong lead and um, when they have um, a good, uh, mm, not meaning, that's German, <laughs> um, a, a strong uh, opinion of something and they can, they can push you in really good directions. But also um, it's great when they, they give you a lot of freedom, uh, which he does. Because it gives you space to also grow. Exactly, right? exactly. And um, I felt I did that a lot with working with them. And the piece I did for them for something actually rather light Christmassy uh, in November yeah. um, got picked now for the American illustration. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, award. Exactly. Um, so I know that's great. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. But, um, or not, but, but uh, it's, I think it's part that I was um, able to work so freely that allowed my work to get there. <laughs> something like that so that's one art director i really love working with yeah yeah and, and you've worked with her a lot or yeah i think for two years now and i worked for since two and a half years so yeah that's quite since the that's beginning great. yeah yeah um and do you find that I'm, I'm actually curious about this and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable but do you find that um publications in europe pay less or more than publications in the u.s for example um sometimes yes i think more uh, overall, yes. They um, tend to pay more. Or less? Uh, tend to pay less often. Okay. Or uh -huh. um, I think what's even more interesting or equally interesting is that the U.S. publications um, are more open to um, ex experiments um, yeah. and uh, even uh, established magazines. You find? Yeah, well, I didn't work with so many, but um, I worked with Bloomberg and... Yeah, and, yeah. And which are yeah. quite established, yeah. Exactly, and uh, I think they are very open to even also um, illustrators that are more artistic than uh, very conceptual, cl clear, and stuff like that. So um, they have beautiful um, uh, issues because of that. And in Germany, sometimes they're really... Um, Specific about what yeah and concepts they want and exactly and I think they don't trust their readers <laughs> that they get it. Um, they are very afraid yeah. that the reader will be confused and I think that's not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I but see. about yeah, the payment, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it depends. I think it's more. It's even more about the um, uh, what publication and the field of publication. So of course, economic uh, magazines pay a bit better than I don't know. Sadly magazines about feminist issues or something like that because a lot of the times um they don't get as much uh, much advertisement or something like that do you have a favorite museum or gallery i'm, I'm in berlin um <laughs> i'm not the best in going to museums that's actually. okay <laughs> but um what i really like is a little uh gallery just around the corner from my place mm. um it's called weserhalle mm -hmm. um Weser is a is a river and, Halle, and the, the um, street is called Weserstraße, mm -hmm. uh, Weser Street. Um, but I think it refers to something in in Hamburg. I don't know why. And anyway, it's a little gallery and they um, show 
local artists, local illustrators every now and then. And a lot of my friends exhibited there. And when you go there, you, it's just like a uh, meeting with friends. So I really enjoy yeah, the atmosphere yeah. there. Like a small, a small space where you find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, it's close. <laughs> That's also good <laughs> because Berlin is quite big. And sometimes you have to get to the other part of the city. And there you can just uh, start the day, uh, the, the evening and see where it goes. So I think it's a good atmosphere there. Do you, are there particular neighborhoods in Berlin that you recommend that are, um, you know, for artists and, and creative people? Yes. I mean, I don't live there that long. I live since there. Yeah. Since I started uh, working, I, I moved to Berlin. Um, and what you always hear, what I would also uh, say that Neukölln and Kreuzberg are really interesting um, creative wise. But um, and in, in Mitte, which is like a city center, um, there are a lot of nice galleries. There just was the, the gallery weekend, but it's much I think the atmosphere is a bit more posh and I prefer it a bit more down to earth. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then Kreuzberg is a, it's an area that changed a lot, right? Over it did. It did. Uh, even I see it and I'm not living here that long. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, oh, so you live in Kreuzberg? Or? Uh, well, my studio where I'm just yeah, recording yeah, yeah. this with you is in Kreuzberg and uh, yeah. it's Kreuzberg and Neukölln, their um, neighborhood um Adjacent, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I live in Neukölln. Um, yeah, and Neukölln is uh, growing now even more, I think, because Kreuzberg has been gentrified since quite a while, and now it's yes. Neukölln's yeah, 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 yeah. time. Um, that's good and bad, but I still find very inspiring these two yeah. areas. Yeah, and do you have favorite like magazines or newspapers that you think have just great artistic direction? You mentioned a couple already, but. Um, I mean, in Germany, uh, I really like the magazines, um, the Zeit public publishers um, put out. Um, Zeit is a, it's a big newspaper in Germany, but they also have magazines. And um, they are very... They have, a, they have a children's one. They have, yeah. Yeah, Zeit Leo. Yeah, Zeit Leo is for children. Um, Zeit Magazine, uh, Zeit Campus, which is for students. Um, they have a lot and uh, they do really beautiful work and um, graphic design, but also uh, they, I think they're the most, not the most maybe, but one of the most avant-gardistic ways of using illustrator, illustrators, or the, they use the most avant-gardistic illustrators. Um, I really like them, um, but also Bloomberg, I think is, uh, even though it's economic um, magazine, it's it's really nice. Yeah. And the UK and has a lot of independent magazines. Um, yeah, and I don't yeah. know that much actually. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, Brumel. Have you ever heard of that one? Ah, yeah. It's oh, that's brilliant. That's really nice. Least, um, yes, yeah. it is. And um, I, do, I actually don't know if the smudge is British or uh, American. That is really nice as well. Uh, the oh, smudge, I don't know smudge, yeah. smudge. I don't know if it's actually yeah. just uh, artistic yeah. <laughs> or if it has actually uh, content, mm -hmm. but it's really yeah. beautiful. Apartamento well. is like one that's like really nice too. Yeah, true. but it's more for photographs. It's from Barcelona, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's Spanish. Yeah, yeah, some of them. 
some of them, like when you start um, applying for illust uh, for for jobs, um, you just go into the uh, news. What, yeah, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiosk, uh, like um, a, like yeah, newsstand, newsstand or yeah. something, and yeah. look around, and and you see these fancy magazines. But like Apartmento, I wanted. I thought, oh my god, I will totally um, apply there. And then I saw they have mainly photographs, and it's still a beautiful magazine, yeah. but they probably yeah. won't book yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's a good thing to go into a newsstand once in a while and check out different. Mm. Yeah, for sure. There are new magazines yeah. every now and then. Actually, a colleague of mine who's also working in the studio I'm in, he, he just started a magazine last year. It's called mm. ROM, R-O-M. And uh, they're still um, in the beginning, but they they have quite interesting approaches about the whole magazine culture and the paper they use yeah, and yeah. the um, typography they use and they also have really nice beautiful um, illustrations in them so new magazines pop up every time it's a it's a it's a thriving um uh, kind yeah. of field now there's a lot of exactly i mean not out. every one survives but no yeah at least it's 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 um flowing i think it's really nice yeah yeah do you have a uh, favorite books? Like it could be fiction or nonfiction. Yeah. It could be illustration or not. Um, I think a really good book um, is uh, Fabian by Erich Kästner. He's a German author, and um, he. And what's the title? Uh, Fabian, or um, that's a name. Fabian? Oh yeah, like F A B I A N. Yes, A-N? exactly. And yeah. um, well, that was actually the title. I think the publisher gave it. Um, and his mm-hmm. personal one that just um, they published the the original book I think which got a bit um, altered it was written in the 1920s um, yeah uh, I think um, and the original title is I tried to translate it um, it's in German it's der Gang vor die Hunde which is uh, something like um, it's a metaphor it's um, when it all goes to shit something like that And yeah, it's about the time in Berlin in the late twenties, and it's about a student um, who uh, doesn't really um, know what to do with his life, and strolls around the city and the people he meets and stuff like that. And it's um, it's quite an old book. It's very old. And Erich Kästner used to write um, mainly for children. He's a very famous uh, author in Germany, especially for children's books. But um, and why do you like this book in particular? Um, because it feels really close to now somehow. The the feeling you oh, get okay. from it, it's very um, uh, you you get this uh, not you don't feel very happy reading it <laughs> or a bit uh, claustrophobic maybe or yeah. something like that. And it feels very close to now somehow. I mean, of course, it's in Berlin. It's it's also about the rise of the Nazi Party, and it's not that bad yet. But you still you have you have um, the, the uh, right-wing parties um, appearing suddenly, not suddenly, but over time again. And I don't know, the, the feeling um, that some, that the, the society was really rich and uh, not rich, but um, uh, satisfied for a long time, but now it's kind of changing. Some, I'm not the best at <laughs> summarizing, but it's, um, I think it's quite a, I am very interested in checking that book out. I, also, it's a period. It's a period of history that I find fascinating. Exactly. Like Weimar Republic and 
Exactly. It's it's not that far from now, I think, no, from yeah, the feeling yeah, now. Yeah. It's a very, um, very interesting time. It's, uh, exactly. it's time of decadence, but also like yeah, incredible yeah. art and... Um, it was such a short time that... Um, and dynamic. Yeah. It's very vibrant in many ways. Exactly. And it was like a period where they accepted a lot of things and then suddenly there was the rise of... Exactly. And it's just... Yeah, it was a very strange time. Stopped the whole um, yeah, yeah, yeah. dynamic and everything. So that book I, I really like. And um, uh, I, I lately I mainly read... Um, what is it called in English? Um, uh, non-fiction books. So more about... Um, Topics and mm, what topics particularly? Mainly feminist topics or anti-racism, racism or um, about the society as whole. So I really like um, Caroline Emke. She's a German author and journalist, and she I think two years ago she received the um, Peace Book Prize in Germany, and um, she wrote books about. Um, Desire, like she's lesbian, but um, she wrote about desire in general, but also about um, the the queer. Interesting. And what what did you say her name uh, Caroline, is? Caroline, like Caroline, but without the e. Emke, uh, which is E M C K E. Okay, great. I think she's more popular in Germany, mm-hmm. but hopefully the the books got translated. Which the book she got a prize for is uh, Against Hatred, and it's about the rise of hate and something like that and that's really nice oh really interesting as well mm. so those this book or those books from her really touched me as well do you have favorite movies or movies that are just some of your favorite um when when i i think i still answer something i would answer a few years ago and maybe something new came up but um a movie that really uh stood with me is uh, brazil by terry gohan johan yeah, it's a yeah. classic. Yeah, it's just yeah, a, yeah, and the, the atmosphere I really like. But I haven't seen it in a long time, actually. But I still have a good <laughs> uh, opinion about it. I think I hope it aged well. I have to watch it again. Yeah, even if it didn't, there's still stuff you can appreciate from old movies. Exactly. That, you know, I like I like those dystopian yeah. movies, mm-hmm. especially. Um, and that's, this movie didn't feel too perfect. Because sometimes dystopian movies are polished or something. And, um, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Especially you know what I mean, but uh, newer ones, yeah, the more recent. Exactly, ones. exactly. And this one felt, I think it's, it was done in the 80s, and it felt yeah. a bit, uh, then they didn't have the CGI, and it felt a bit more real. So, or more, I don't know. And what's the it other one? You said me. you had one that maybe is more, has changed. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, it was more that uh, I I don't watch that much movies anymore, actually. Yeah, I think more serious, like everyone. <laughs> like uh, TV series, uh, I watch Netflix and stuff like that. Uh, you, what, what series do you mm, watch? I think one of my favorite ones was, was Broadchurch. Okay, and yeah, the British. Yeah, it's a British show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the um, one that is called The Bridge, I think. It's, it's, um, that sounds good. Yeah, it's it's um, also crime. It uh, plays. It's a, is uh, it also a British show? No, it's uh, Danish and Swedish, oh, and it I plays see. on okay. the bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ersund Bridge. I, that so I think Copenhagen. we just in in the US they just kind of tried to like push that as well. Yeah, they also adapted it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But if you ever if you're into that uh, kind of 
series, watched the original. I really like the really uh, the British, the BBC crime um, in general, the series they make on crime. There was one last year about the Falkland Island. I forget what it's called. Ah, I have to check that out. But that one I really liked, a oh, detective nice. that works there. Yeah, I think British... Uh, British, British crime series are yes. very, very good, I find. It's uh, really, I don't know, that it's quite... The, the characters atmosphere. are very yeah, yeah, yeah. good and authentic and yeah. Yeah. not the, too... I don't know, in Germany, if there's a lot of series that... Mm, yeah, we have some, but... I, I think German TV isn't that good. There's one that's yeah. really brilliant. It's um, also an adaption of a no Norwegian series. It's called, yeah. the Norwegian one is Scum. Scum, Scum. Yeah. And the German one is Druck. Yeah. It's, it's more for teens, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I haven't, yeah. I think there's an American version as well. I don't know oh, what the yeah. name is. Well, they, everything gets French adapted one. and adapted, yeah. Yeah, but I think... And I think in, similarly, French TV isn't, no, good. It's it, um, it's far behind. Uh, I think British American. TV yeah, is I mean French was very good, so maybe they still stuck to that and didn't develop. I don't know, but I'm not familiar with. I don't know. It, it, it's not a yeah. I find that especially TV series. Like ah, true. Yeah, maybe more in movies. There's yeah. There's some good no. movies, of course. Yeah. But, um, series is such a particular thing. Um, true. I find the Anglo-Saxons actually just very good at it in general. Exactly. They, uh, they it's just know like, how to do it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. But the Scandinavians are also very good at it. Mm -hmm. so that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to uh, keep you much longer. So I'm, I'm, I want to thank you so much for all, everything we talked about and for being on the podcast. It's been really interesting talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And here was my conversation with Kati Sislaji. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed it. Um, if you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at IHPod. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, and uh, I, I really like hearing what you think about the show. Uh, don't forget to check out today's show notes. They're at illustrationhour.com, our website. And you can find them at illustrationhour.com forward slash Katizi. That's K-A-T-I-S-Z-I. They are full of all the information that Kati and I talked about. So, yeah, it's a wonderful resource, and I hope you check it out. And I also have a newsletter that I run as part of the podcast. It's a newsletter comprising of just a few things that I enjoyed or inspired me that week. Uh, so it's super short and concise, and it's never spammy. So if you like the podcast, please consider joining uh, the newsletter, and you can find information about that on the website illustrationhour.com forward slash art club. Uh, art club is the title of the newsletter. Uh, once again, thank you so much uh, for listening to the show and I will see you next week on the illustration hour.